What are you watching? Children's programming. Let's crack open a cold one. You enjoy that. It smells like Clorox all over the house, so uh, the dog must have must have pooped before I came home at some point. That's not good. Yeah. Is that your job? Well, uh, it's whoever happens to be here at the time's job. If nobody saw it, it never happened. <laughs> I just came. I, I came home as as Bryce was leaving. To, oh, okay, so doing. he left it for you. No, he cleaned it, but it just smells like Clorox now. Oh, okay, gotcha. Hello. Hi. How are you, Mister Denny? <laughs> <laughs> Call me Tom. I'm good. How are you? I'm well. It's been a while. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Let me just add Nick on here. All right, we found him. Hello. Hi, Nick. Nice to meet you. Yeah, finally. How are you doing? Doing good. Nice. How are you doing, Tom? I'm chilling. <laughs> yeah, so me and Tom went back when I was doing a project for uh for New Paltz. We were making a documentary about uh fracking, I believe. Mm. So um so what do you not want me to, to discuss while we're having this conversation? Is there anything off limits, just so I know? Uh I think we're pretty good. I've got really got nothing to hide. Okay. <laughs> Okay, not a problem. Okay. You know, I actually have a personal connection to fracking. My um my grandparents' farm had like some natural gas on it and the fracking companies came to them and were trying to trying to get it out. Seriously. Yeah. Where was that? Pennsylvania, Wayne County. Yep. Wayne County's been fracked royally. Mm-hmm. And they my grandpa said no to his credit. He said, I don't want my land disturbed. And Did they uh did his water get messed up? Yeah, they bothered him about it. Did his water ever get messed up? Because sometimes the neighbor gets their land fracked and then everybody's water gets contaminated. Oh, I don't know about, I don't know if his water ever got messed up, but I know he, um, I know he didn't give in and they, they were giving him a rough time for a little while. Yeah, I've got a friend who's getting sued for $5 million because he spoke, he signed a nine to some sort of non-disclosure way back and then they messed him up and he said forget it i'm not keeping my mouth shut about this and when mm. he's up they sued him cabot oil is suing him for five million dollars wow yeah he's in the midst of it right now is that one of the gentlemen you mentioned when i interviewed you yeah the guy with ray, cancer ray kemble yeah yep, ray kemble yep i remember he's like the last one standing in dimmick that's where josh fox made the movie over yep. there mm-hmm. and, and is the last one standing he's he's the only one fighting the industry at this point gotcha it's disgusting you know what big business can do yeah they just run rough shot yeah we could discuss that briefly i don't want to overdo it too much with the fracking because i don't know if i've already talked to you about that a lot but if it comes up in conversation i'd love to discuss it again it's always a good topic to have i mean it's a good good topic to bring up it's part of my life story and i spent about two and a half three years really running running and helping run things in in our local community and it was uh it was mind uh mind altering and like you know i went from kind of a sit on the couch and watch tv guy to like let me show up at everything all right so let's do um let me do our intro and then we'll uh we'll get into some topics here nice so um yeah welcome to everybody to episode 27 of children's programming 
This is your host, Matt Dixon, and of course, we have our always beautiful co-host, uh, Mr. Nicholas J. Paradis. I'm here. I'm in the building. He is I'm here. I'm in a building. I'm not in the building. but You're in a building. Yes. It has four walls. It's functioning. Building. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, and today, our guest is a um, gentleman I met while doing a documentary a few years ago for a school project about fracking in the uh, Hudson Valley area. Um, he's a local guitar teacher and activist. That's uh, Mr. Tom Denny. Hello, everyone. Glad to have you. Um, to so, Tom, I just wanted to start off, uh, maybe anybody who might not be familiar with you, I don't know how, how versed you are in the community in the in the area, but um, could you give an introduction of who you are and uh, what you do? Sure. Um, well, I, I moved from Nyack about 20 years ago to Orange County, and I was living in Nyack for about 20 years. I'm 55 at this point. We bought this house, and I was teaching in Suffern, New York which I still teach there for 25 years now. And so the commute became kind of monumental. It was, uh, many people do a bigger commute, but 45 minutes and then with traffic, it's an hour and 10, you know, every day, every, everything. It's, it's, it's uh, I, I sometimes wonder why I didn't stay in Nyack. I could have bought a smaller house, I guess. But, um, so, but Overall, I'm pretty happy. We've got a you know big spread here. It's the Ponderosa, my friend calls it. So that's kind of fun. Why does he call it the Ponderosa? Well, it's a big, big yard with a pool and a big fence and whatnot. It looks kind of like a, uh, it looks like a Ponderosa. There's a barn across the street, <clears throat> so we're very lucky to have a nice place to live. You know, it's been a, um, it's been a treasure. We're 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 fixing up the yard presently. I can show you some of it, I guess. Sure. I mean, just looking at that ceiling, it looks great. That ceiling's very aesthetic. Yeah. Thank you. That's, yeah, I think it's kind of a fun backdrop. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. And some gardens. My wife is an incredible gardener, Donna Denny. If anybody needs a gardener to come in and redo everything you do. Yeah, you guys live like in a really quiet area, which is nice. It is. That We've time got, you took you know, me up four, there was really, uh, really pleasant. Four, five deer in the back. There's always deer in the after in the backyard all the time. So Did you ever end up selling that Toyota? Last year, driveway. Did you ever end up selling that uh, Toyota you had in the yard all the years ago? No, we didn't. No, my no, my son had fun with that. He spray painted it and whatnot. Oh, okay. Because remember, you said the the frame was cracked or something, so it was basically a brand new car, but the frame was cracked. Yeah, it was no good. Yeah. We weren't trying. We weren't trying to get any money for it. We were just wishing somebody would want to fix it. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, That's probably really sure. difficult when you crack the frame of a car, right? Oh, cracking the frame is <laughs> That's terrible. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, it's it's basically donezo at that point, yeah. unless you've got like really special equipment. So where are you guys now? I uh, I just graduated New Paltz actually, so I was done in the fall. So I, I'm still living at home now. So I live over in Montgomery. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm living in Scotchtown. I have a place with one of my coworkers, and um, I had been going to Auk. I'm not going to Auk right now, but I might go back one day. We'll see. Gotcha. Uh, I, I like what I do. I work at Outback Steakhouse, so I'm, I'm making enough money to support myself, and I'm oh, getting nice. to getting to do the podcast and getting to do movie work on the side. So I'm not in any rush to to go back to school, but it might happen one day. Follow. This is gotcha. kind of how we keep in touch right now because of, uh, you know, quarantine right now, so we can't really come near each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a crazy time, huh? Yeah, yeah. definitely. 
especially when you work in like in the service industry like I do and you have to be around people it's like it's kind of it's kind of nerve-wracking sometimes just this morning I was the first day we got sixth graders into the middle school so there was a uh, about 180 or so sixth graders walking around the building kind of weird mm-hmm. everyone's got a mask on trying to be six feet but believe me sixth graders don't know what six feet is yeah that's yeah. like it's the same way at, at at my job you know you know people you you try to be six feet apart but it's just impossible most of the time right you know so you just you just have to make sure that you're you're washing your hands and you're keeping safe and that's all you can do I'm always amazed at the people who just walk around without a mask, like in the stores and stuff. And sometimes I'll ask them, what's going on? You know, they're supposed to be masks. Oh, well, it's my liberty. I'm like, really? It's that particular liberty they're worried about. Yeah. It's like their constitutional <laughs> right to not wear a mask. I'm like, okay, but you're, you're helping your fellow man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that would be Every, the, the honest thing Everybody's pro-life until a pandemic comes around. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah. So you've been teaching, uh, remember you were uh, guitar you're teaching right at the school? Yeah, I've got a, this year I'm teaching guitar, a little bit of band and a little bit of orchestra, but mostly guitar. That's my, that's my main instrument. What guitars do you own? Um, Fender Strats and, um, <clears throat> I have a few acoustics and a 12 string and I have a little papoose. Have you ever heard of the Tacoma papoose? I never have. No. What is that? It's a miniature guitar. It's tuned up to A. So it's huh. like you've got a capo on the fifth fret of your guitar, and it's small enough you can play it while driving, although I would never wow. do that. <laughs> Is it like a ukulele? Yeah, it's, it, it, but it's six strings, and you, you know, when you build a D chord, you're playing a G chord because it's tuned higher. Hmm. So you have to do a little math in your head if you want to play along with other people. But if you just want to play, you know, your favorite Kansas tune or something, just grab on and play. And it's it's the strings are tighter, much tighter. So your hand gets the workout. My roommate and I both play guitar. I've only got one at the house right now. I've got my acoustic over in the corner. He's got a bunch. He's got like a um, one of the Matt Heafy Les Pauls. He's got like a couple of Gibsons. Cool, cool. He's a great player too. Like I'll come home and he'll just be noodling and like learning these crazy like heavy metal songs. And I'm like, dude, like. <laughs> I wish I had well, taken on a skill like that in life. <laughs> it's easy, man. Just do do it twenty minutes a night. You know, you could be one of my sixth grade students for a week or two. Yeah, I could. I if could. you learn, if you learn four out. chords, yeah. you can already play like sixty percent of pop music. Yeah, that's right. So you're more of an can electric guy. The, uh, can you see the baritone? Oh yeah, nice. It's tuned down to it's tuned down to B, so it almost sounds like a bass, but it's got six strings, just like the papoose is up high. This this puppy is you know deep and low. Let me take it outside. I'll plug it in. Nice. Now, do you have a preference toward electric? I'd probably say yes. Although I've I've spent a you know a zillion years playing guitar. I love acoustic. I love nylon guitars. You know the the. What are they called? The classical guitars. Mm-hmm. I like playing that. Now, if I turn my camera sideways, is my head straight now? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I got a little try. It'll do. Won't be cut off again. Uh, you hate to see it. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control <laughs> to Major Tom. I would be really sad if there's like a, a beautiful acoustic 
I mean, a beautiful electric guitar piece going on right now, and the children can't hear it. Yeah. Hey, sorry. It's all good. We can see you now. All right. I can't see you, Dixon. You can't see? You don't need to see me. <laughs> can you see some of the guitar? Oh, I can see the whole guitar. Perfect. Okay. Oh, yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like deep and bassy, right? It's like classical music, but being played by Soundgarden. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so let me just, while well, I'm still plugged in and with the tripod and all. So this is my favorite Strat. It's orange. Can you see? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Kind of trippy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Get an interview and a show. <laughs> <laughs> that was the musical interlude. There you go. Who were some of your favorite guitarists when you were getting uh, started out learning? Who were the people you really looked up to? Well, I guess in 78, I got really excited about Van Halen when I heard him. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I got into Al Dimiola, who's more of a um, classical, uh, sorry, jazz fusion guy, really fast picker. Mm -hmm. And then Steve Vai later on became one of my favorites. And then I'd say now if I had to pick a favorite, it would be Jeff Beck. Um, Jeff Baxter, man. He he just reinvents himself all the time. You know, he comes out every five or ten years, he reinvents his sound, and it's like, how did you come up with that? And he's a scientist. It's great. You have to mm -hmm. enlighten me who uh who he, this guy is. Jeff Beck, he was uh he was a session guy for many years. I mean he played in the Yardbirds for a while. He was okay. he did a lot of session work in like the sixties and seventies, but he's just a he's a really great guitarist. Jimmy Page really likes him. Gotcha. I met I met a guy who knew who who toured with him, and it was so funny because um, it was the first tour he did with um, Rod Stewart, and they called it the Jeff Beck Group. But Rod, that's Stewart right, he played with Rod Stewart, right? And this guy was playing with um, Bob Dylan eventually, but I think at that time he was playing with a different band, and he was he was like the warm up band for Jeff Beck Group. And he said that people after the show would always come up to Rod Stewart and go, "Jeff, you're awesome. We, you know, who's your guitar player?" Everybody was confused <laughs> just about every night of who is Jeff Beck. <laughs> it's great. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. I'm glad that you said um, uh, Van Halen, too, because, like, you know, everybody loves, everybody loves Eddie, but I feel like that first record, it was definitely my favorite, and I feel like it kind of gets overlooked in, like, the pantheon of great rock and roll records. Like, people kind of remember them now for, like, Jump and... and you know, Panama and Hot for Teacher, all that 80s stuff. And like, yeah, like that yeah. first Van Halen record is fucking awesome. I'll still put it on sometimes in the car and just listen all the way through. Yeah, the second one was Somebody Get Me a Doctor. Mm -hmm. That's sick. Somebody Get Me a Doctor is like maybe my favorite song by them. And then Fair Warning was also good. But I think after Fair Warning, like you said, it kind of got too poppy and David Lee Roth was too into being like the man instead yeah. of instead of being in a band and then once he once he left i feel like i'm not a fan of of van hagar at all 
Yeah, Hagar never. I saw Hagar when he was younger at, by himself, and he was great. And then I mm -hmm. saw him after the Van Halen thing, more or less, like about what ten years ago. I saw him down at Nashville, and he was pretty good both those times. But when he was with Van Halen, I couldn't take it. It's something about his voice with that guitar it was like did not match. Yeah, he's you know, he's talented, but it just didn't do anything for me when he was playing with them. He was in um he had a super group for a while called uh I forget what it was called, but he it was um him and uh Joe Satriani. Yeah, chicken and, foot. Uh, chicken yeah, foot. yeah, chicken foot. And uh Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers was in it. Amazing. But, uh, that that yeah. was a that was a cool record. No doubt, no doubt. Um when I saw him back in the late seventies for a warm up, I think he warmed up for Kiss or somebody. Um, he and his other guitar player sat down with lap seals on the edge of the stage and played. Mm. It was crazy cool. Wow! Isn't lap seal like, that like flat guitar? Yeah. You play with your hands. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. There's a pedal steel, which is a table, and if you're down in you know Nashville or somewhere, you'll hear these guys playing these twangy things with the bendy notes. And that's that, the one that you use the slide with, right? Is the pedal steel. Yeah. Yeah. You always use a slide with it, but it's got like 12 strings or 10 strings. I forget. And, and there's benders, like you push your knee over and it'll bend the second string flat a whole step or something. Um, hmm. I don't understand how to play it, but there's pedals and knee levers and the guys who play it, you know, they're playing a chord across, but when they hit that chord, they know if I hit my knee right now, that chord's going to sound even better. So it's this, it's this trippy instrument but then lap steel is just when you've got a any guitar like down on your lap you can call that a lap steel hmm. interesting and they were using electric lap steels it was cool as shit <laughs> you're a really technical guy that's a lot of stuff <laughs> like um i've always wanted to learn how to play like bass because i feel like it would be a little simpler for me than learning just guitar like what what's the difference like structurally with playing a guitar a guitar as opposed to a bass yeah big big difference and and bass is a lot less work at the beginning to become a pretty okay bass player you only kind of have to hold one or two notes in your hand at a time and you kind of once you know where the notes are you can just pound on a g and then find an f and boom 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 boom, boom. and you can kind of you can get some fun out of a bass right away a guitar, you've got to really kind of spend, you know, three, six months, whatever, getting your coordination and getting the fingers into the strings and figuring out which string is what. So I think bass is an easier first instrument. If you, if somebody's an adult and they want to just hang with an instrument, it might be smart. I always like to tell people, um, at least in my experience, I think guitar is guitar is harder to learn, but easier to master. And bass is easier to learn but harder to master. Oh, I like that. Yeah, there's 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 a few bass players that stand out, and it's like when you dissect what they're doing, it's really complicated. Mm -hmm. uh, like I think of I think of Flea every time I think of like crazy bass. He's how he does like the slapping and stuff. Yeah, and like it's it's I it blows my mind because like I'll try to do it and it just sounds terrible, and I'm like I'm doing exactly what he's doing. So you know. Yeah, but he's done it for 19 hours a day for like seven years or whatever yeah. before he even got famous. Yeah. That 10,000 hours thing is no joke. Mm -hmm. you know? And what's weird is now I'm playing 40, what, 45, 46 years? I'm, no, 44 years I'm playing guitar. And just recently I've gotten to the point where I can take three days off 
and pick up the guitar and rip like I never ripped before because I rested. And mm -hmm. I've always heard that from musicians, like the best way to get really good is rest. But that initial thing of like getting to any competency, you've got to work, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. And if it's every day, that's so much better than if it's like an hour on the weekend and then you don't play all week. So you got to get the hands on there every day. It's amazing that you get to do that as a career, like the thing you love that you were able to find. And now you get to be a teacher and practice every day as, as a job. Right. True. And, and But the honest, there's another side to that coin is yes. that I love guitar. I love amazing playing. And, you know, my students are all trying their best, but some of them are coming in with, you know, no experience. They're sitting in a class with you know 20 other kids and they don't get amazing for three or four years. So I'm hanging out with, I'm hanging out with some like, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting to see when they get a breakthrough, but some kids struggle with the breakthroughs and it's like to watch them struggling with a breakthrough is something that comes easy to you. It's kind of a challenge. Yeah. Like sense. even, even mm -hmm. when I tried to learn guitar when we were in middle school, they made us learn it for like a section. I just right. found it like extremely too complicated for me. Right. Some, some people it doesn't line up with. Yeah. You know? Like that one-on-one -on -one experience you get when you like hire a teacher is a lot more different than if you're in a full class. Cause like you said, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that one-on-one. -on -one, exactly. You know, you can work on your individual individuality. Then you know you got to teach everybody in the room kind of evenly, and some people might be on different levels and whatnot. Mm -hmm. well, it's, it's interesting. New York State. You know, I when I moved from the middle school, I moved up to the high school about 18 years ago. I was teaching the middle, and then I moved to the high. And the principal at the high school wanted the kids to all get a credit, an arts credit, right? So I called the state department. You know, the Department of Ed. And ask, can I get a, can I get the kids getting an art credit for guitar? And the guy in charge of music, I'll say his name, Doctor Ed Marshallock. It's still in my head because he said, "Well, guitar is not a real like instrument, and uh, I've seen some guitar classes, and there's not really substantial learning going. So you have to call your class Music in Our Lives." What? So so we had to name the class Music in Our Lives slash Guitar. For, for 18 years, I lived under this Ed Marshallock's opinion of my guitar class. <laughs> guitar is not real music? Yeah, he's like, it's not, it's, not, it's not a real instrument that, you know, the kids aren't learning as much as if they play an oboe. I'm like, wait a minute. I taught orchestra. I, I, I taught kids cello. And some of them, after two years, they knew like one scale. You know, it's like mm -hmm. when I teach guitar, the kids know 15 chords in the first month. And it's such a it's such a reductive way to look at music, I think, because it's like everybody who anybody who says stuff like that. It's like when people say rap isn't real music. You know, it's like I, I what I hear when he says guitar is not a real instrument is rock isn't real music. Yeah, because. There's classical guitar, there's jazz guitar, which is just as complex as, you know, learning clarinet scales or saxophone scales or whatever. And then there's people that look like I went to I played in in high school band. I played the drums and there was saxophone kids when we weren't playing the when we weren't playing uh, the, the band songs. When we had downtime. They would the saxophone kids would start playing smoke on the water. So right. like you could, <laughs> you could use them for that too. Like it's, it's, it's such a, it's, it's it, for somebody who's in charge of music at like a state level to say something that's that ignorant. It just kind of blows my mind. I think that's the international symbol of, I don't know what I'm talking about is when somebody says something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the um, the funny part is I had the kids soon at, at that point, actually, I had the kids reading out of a Berkeley uh, book that was like for college kids. I learned it my first year of college. It's called Volume One, Berkeley, you know, Berkeley Modern Method, Volume One. <clears throat> and it's it's one of the more famous. It's kind of like a Bible of the guitar. If you're going to play and read guitar music, you, most people go through this book. And I had kids up like halfway through the book. And this guy's telling me that I've seen a lot of classes and the kids aren't really learning that much. I've, I've been to some guitar classes. There's not that much learning going. I said, can you come down and witness my class? He says, well, no, that's not in my schedule. But blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's like I have to call my class music in our lives. And mm -hmm. all the high school are like, oh, we're taking music in our lives. And just think about it. If you're a high school kid, do you want to take guitar or do you want yeah. to take music in our lives that's so you want to take guitar yeah <laughs> so anyway little little insider story for being a music teacher it's it's a weird world mm -hmm. i was glad that by the time that i was in high school it had i think we still had a music in our lives class but we had like the guitar class was called intro guitar and the piano class was called intro piano yeah i, I, I like that a lot better I wonder if you were able to get an arts credit for it. I don't know because I actually I never took them. I had learned I learned guitar when I was like eleven or twelve, so I, I I had no I felt like I had no need to take the class. It probably would have been a nice easy credit for me, but I was just I was doing other stuff. Right, right. I remember us having an option that you could take an art class or you could take a music class. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's it. That's that's yeah. what the state. As you got to either take one or the other for one year. It's like, oh, good for you. That's a great plan, State. You know, mm -hmm. they they should ask the kids to take two. I think. I, I mean, think art. they should they should tell you at, at minimum it should be you have to take an art class and a music class, but you don't necessarily have to take them both in the same year. I know. They, they, like, they, like freshman year, you do painting, and then sophomore year, you do guitar or something like that. Yep. It would be a lot more enriching. I mean, school, how much cool stuff is there in a school? Most kids stress about math. Most kids stress about English. Like, give them something to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And they're taking away all of that stuff now. Like, by even I wasn't even in high school that long ago. I'm, I'm about five, five years out now, I think. And, like, even when I was a kid, you know, you'd see high school stuff on tv and people were going to like shop class and music class and all this stuff there was no shop class at my high school we got that in middle school we got shop yeah. class there were, i would have loved to take um i would have loved to take like auto shop or something like that but that wasn't an option well that's what you go to bosey's yeah. for yeah but i didn't have time i wasn't able to go to bosey's because i was doing sports yeah that's true you know you think they just had it at the school like they used to? So it's well. You could take both in the morning. You could take um. You could just avoid your classes in the morning and then just go in the afternoon. Or were you I one of those? Could, in hindsight, I probably could have, but like yeah, know. like I went to Bosey's and I thought it was a great experience because you got to skip half the classes you didn't like anyway and go do something you like. But what? how nice would it have been to just have it all under one roof? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, what? it's not like there wasn't money to do that. Like we were getting all kinds because Middletown was classes at inner city school district. So we were getting all kinds of grants from the state yeah. to, you know, have new computers and stuff like that. It couldn't have spread that around to give us a little more technical programs because we're, we live in a world where oh, this is going to be my political rant for a second. <laughs> we live in a we live in a country where only 33 percent of adults 
actually graduate from college. So we uh, we need more. We need to show more young kids that like there's other ways for you to make a living outside of just going to college and getting an an English degree or a science degree. Which you know, not to say that those fields aren't important. They obviously are. But like you know, we've got to we've got to be able to tell people, hey, you can be a a carpenter, you can be an upholsterer, you can be an auto mechanic. Especially since these jobs are going to be sort of sort of immune from the the technological changes mm-hmm. that are coming up soon you know what were you trying I, to say uh, i was gonna you were you were chiming in and i i forget what you had said but it sparked a question oh um you said you did boces what did you study at boces oh yeah they had a um a filmmaking program at boces because obviously that's my big thing is trying to be a filmmaker so was that in goshen yeah yeah i went to goshen there my son did that too. The filmmaking? Mm. Or Bose's? Yeah. yeah, the Bose's filmmaking. Oh, really? What was his name? Rye Denny. Rye Denny. It was probably, what year did he graduate? Uh, good question. Born in 98, at 18, I guess 16. Yeah, it would have been after. I would yeah, have graduated. He... And he also might have taken the, did he take the afternoon class? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so that I wouldn't have seen him anyway. He didn't like the class at all. No? No. It's not for everybody. The The teacher we had there, he was a very good guy, and he's very he's very practical when it comes to his teaching methods. Like, he knows exactly, like, how the industry is, and he's a little cynical in that aspect. But I always sure. felt he was a good teacher, but the class size was definitely very large. Um, So I can see where there might have been that disconnect there. Like, what specifically did he say he had an issue with? I forget. I just remember I being... I just take it, and he just kind of started petering out. And the teacher was like, you know, <clears throat> kind of nagging him. And I, I don't know if I, I don't know what his grade was, but I know the whole thing just didn't didn't seem like it was a win. Yeah, it's not for everybody. I can see like the gentleman who runs that. I can see where he could con- conflict with some people because he's got a very Type A personality. But I mean, you know, I I enjoyed it. I I got a good experience out of it. Hope he's not listening for Rye's sake, right? No, no, not at all. No, I doubt he's listening. I, I haven't talked to him in a few years, so. I'm glad that for um for my sake, just because of the kind of learner I am, I'm glad that I took film classes when I did and with who I did. Shout out, Mark. Yeah, our uh, <laughs> professor from Ock. Oh, cool. Cool. Great, great guy. We've had him on before. Um, I hope he's listening right now. Mark, you're a great <laughs> dude. I love you. Oh, you know, he loves us. You know, he loves our show. He always shares our podcast. (laughs) Hey, Mark, if you need any music on any of your movies, look me up. Come on. (laughs) He's made some really interesting stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember in my, um, I was in one of my, in my TV class, we had to, we had to go ask questions, you know, to people on campus, you know, like you'd remember that assignment. Mm -hmm. And so my group was full of the class clowns. So we. We were like, let's let's do a bunch of joke questions. So my friend was like, "Do you want to hear my scary voice?" And they would say, "Yeah." And he'd be like, "Meow," like little cat noise. And then Mark took that sound bite and turned it into like a, a whole trap song. It was amazing. Yeah, he's really talented. Fun. That's cool. That's really cool. I was I was uh, lucky enough. I had a friend in Nyack who worked with um, Scorsese. He, wow. He, uh, down that's a name drop (laughs) yeah big name drop and uh he was doing a movie called uh 
Kundun, Kundun. I think, by the Dalai Lama. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I got to go and down to Sound One or whatever the studio is called down there in Manhattan. And I got to sit in for about two hours and watch him work on this one scene where the car door closes. There's rain outside. He needed a little dialogue. It was, I, I swear, it was like 25 seconds of, of stuff. And he spent two hours just to kind of like warm it up and get it ready. It was cool as shit, though. Yeah, like actually well-made sound production is is not an easy task at all. It's definitely it's definitely a science. This guy Tom Fleischman's won, I think, two Oscars. I forget what for, but yeah, he's he's the top notch dude. Very cool. Yeah. Nyack, wow. Nyack is such a cool town. If you guys like New Pulse, Nyack is like or it used to be. It yeah, used my, to be my like, parents are from Nyack. My mom is uh, actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Where where does she live? Oh, give or take. Uh she went to Clarkstown High School, so around that area. Okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. only place I know in Nyack is uh, the Palisades Mall. So yeah. I'm going to have to expand my repertoire a little bit. Yeah, yeah you got to check out Hook Mountain. Mm-hmm. Hook, Hook Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. Once, uh, once things open back up a little more, Dixon, I think that'll be our first field trip, Hook Mountain. Field no, trip it's to Hook open. Mountain? It's, it's open. open. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah, check it out. You go to the back of Rockland Lake. There's a firehouse at the back of Rockland Lake. And you park your car and you walk, and the first thing you'll do is climb about 600 feet, and you'll be on the cliffs above the Hudson. Oh man, I gotta see this. Can you cliff yeah, dive there, or is it just uh, just an overlook? Well, no, you keep hiking. What what, what, do you, what was your question? Can you cliff dive up there, or is it just for hiking? Oh no 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 no. This is this is a 800 foot drop, I think. Mm. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, That's no. a dumb question then. <laughs> I got a day off tomorrow. I might just go down. Yeah. The hike is amazing. It loops back over to 9W. So if you want, there's you'll see people parked on 9W up where it goes over the crest over the mountain. You'll see people parked there all the time. They're hiking from there. You can for for about 20 minutes. You walk hard, and you'll be at the very top of the whole thing. When you said walk hard, I immediately thought of the movie Walk Hard with John C. Riley because I was <laughs> watching that the other day. So good. <clears throat> my friend just hard. mentioned that. I haven't seen it yet. My friend just mentioned it, so it must have been on my brain. If you've seen um, if you've seen any movie biopic, for, uh, any music biopic from like the two thousands, like Ray or Walk the Line or any of those, if you've seen any of those movies, then you'll love Walk Hard because it's it's just a brilliant parody of all of the all of the tropes from those movies. Have you seen it, Matt? No, I haven't. I'm not I'm not really big on comedy, to be honest. Not my not my area of expertise. Which is surprising for you because you're such a uh, a Kevin Smith guy. Oh yeah, yeah, I love me some Kevin Smith movies. That's that's the exception, but mm. no, I'm not I'm really not really too versed in comedy to be honest. Did you see Dunkirk? Yes, I did. Amazing, right? Yeah, I mean that's a good. I'm, I could see that it being a good IMAX movie because it was very uh, very bassy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Although What's I up? feel like with a lot of those movies, it's it's more. Um, Less less plot and more uh, for the technical aspect of it. Kind of like 1917 was. Yeah, you, you weren't really too focused on the story. You were more focused on the, you know, the um, making the yeah, yeah the well, making. At the, like at least with like Dunkirk, like I I haven't seen 1917, but I imagine it is a lot like Dunkirk. There really wasn't a story of Dunkirk. It was just kind of an experience. You know, it was like literally this is it was like a historical. A, a history textbook kind of it's like this is what happened yeah this is what the the people that were trapped on this this beach were literally going through 
you know, it was, it was a, it was more about the experience and like feeling like you were there and feeling like you were with these guys than it was about like a, a, a story in like the way that a movie like Saving Private Ryan is, which well, you, is kind of same time period. You know what got me with Dunkirk is the whole movie, there were, I think, two scenes where you actually saw red blood and the whole mm -hmm. movie was about war. And you kind of expect to see blood splattering all over the place. And I just, once I started noticing, I kept watching, watching, watching. There was one scene in the boat where the guy stabs the other guy, I guess. And then there was like one other scene where there was blood. It was crazy that that whole movie is like a war movie and it's not just, I don't know. It's not overdone. Did you guys see um, The Lobster? Yes. yes. Cool movie, right? The Lobster Phenomenal is awesome. Movie. I have the poster. It's right over there. <laughs> Did you see um, Phantom Thread? No, yes. I missed that one. Phantom PTA, shout out Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm. One, of my, my, one of my friend's favorite directors. Shout out Joe. Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis is just, he, he, took a, he took a year off to go learn how to be a seamstress or whatever, uh, whatever you call it, where you're making clothes, so that he nailed that role to the T. He's just incredible, man. Like, I, like every one of his movies, it's like, a, not only is it a transformative performance, but you're just like, you're amazed at what he, like when he played Abraham Lincoln, he literally became Lincoln. Yeah, that was. And good. like, yeah. yeah. And like uh, there will be blood. Like he was really out there learning how these oil rigs worked back in the day. He yeah. has a movie called uh, "The Boxer," where he plays yeah. like uh, this this Irish boxer, and he literally learned how to box. Like he spent a year and a half in Northern Ireland in these these grungy boxing gyms, like learning from from real boxers. Is that a separate movie? Because I thought there was one called "The Name of the Father." Yeah, that, those are two separate. It's the same director. Okay. He did. He did uh, two movies, but they're both kind of about the same thing. Like they're both about like Irish guys, you know, from the from the Troubles era. I guess I've never seen in the name of the Father, so maybe I'm a little bit off base. But my yeah. understanding is that it's a lot like the Boxer, and the Boxer is awesome. I mean, cool. It's got... kind of it's kind of a little a little slow for my taste. Like I I. I I was kind of bored at parts, I will be honest, but like the fighting scenes are incredible because you really feel it because he, he it's a real it's him and real boxers. You know, it's not like it's not like movies, other boxing movies like The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg or whatever, where it's or like yeah. the Rocky movies where it's 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 boxing and it's intense, but it's staged. You know, the only the only one I think that really compares to it is Raging Bull. Mm, that's a classic uh, did i tell you i was doing tv lately matt no you didn't i see you out there doing your hikes all the time but you never i never see anything about your acting yeah um way back uh in california i lived in california for like nine weeks two summers ago mm -hmm. and, um i went to central casting to like apply and they hired me to do dirty john i did that once and then I did um, One Day at a Time, which was a live audience. Okay. And it was so crazy cool. My guitar to the set, and the cameraman was a um, guitar player. And we, at, at lunch, we were jamming guitars and stuff. <clears throat> so then I came back to New York, and I got hooked up with the same people, Central Casting. And they sent me to, like, Law & Order. I've been on Law & Order seven times. Really? And, wow. 
Blue Bloods, I've been on it twice. Um, my uh, my uncle flies the helicopter in Blue Bloods. Are you serious? In the intro, he's a helicopter pilot. Oh shoot! That's yeah, cool. he does a lot of their helicopter work because he's a. Uh, that's what he does for a living. So, speaking of pilots, I um, it was maybe like a week or so ago, the pilot of the Goodyear Blimp came into our local outback. Really? And what? I got to meet it because he was. I was like, he came in in the uniform, and I was like, "Hey, are you a pilot?" He's like, "Yeah, you know, I was actually just flying the 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 blimp down it." He he said it like it was nothing. He's like, just "Yeah, the blimp. I was actually just flying the blimp over uh, <laughs> Monday Night Football the other day." I'm like, "Holy shit, that was you!" Wow. And like, yeah, and he he was like, "Yeah, we're we're just on the way." To, they were on their way to MetLife or whatever it was. Or, I didn't realize there was only one singular blimp. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's one blimp. Really, I think. I mean, there's probably more than one blimp, but there's there's one blimp for the NFL, is mm-hmm. my understanding. Yeah, just and something you don't just, even notice. It it's just kind of there. Yeah, you never see it going over. I mean, what do they do? They pack it up and fl- <laughs> drive it over. I guess they I use it for they, aerial shots. They probably as I I should have asked him because that's a, actually an interesting question. I would imagine they probably fly it to like whatever the closest like small airport is. Mm-hmm. Like for MetLife, they probably landed at Teterboro, yeah, right, and then take off and land from there. Yeah. I would think. I don't know. Well, check this out. My neighbors have right around the corner from me. There's this farm that they. It's an animals sanctuary, and they also do commercials for TV. You know, TV commercials with their animals, and mm-hmm. they have the, uh, camels for the Radio City Music Hall show. Mm. So you'll drive down the road out here, and you'll all of a sudden you'll see eight camels by the road <laughs> and uh i met the woman the other day like actually right when covid stopped the whole business with the tv and she um she delivers the german shepherd that they use the co- on both blue bloods and law and order she's got the german shepherd they use for when they need a dog with the police officer so she's gonna send me with the dog as a police officer next time they send down hmm. that's cool yeah. It's like a small world, huh? It really yeah. is. It like blows my mind when I see stuff like that. It's amazing when you're like willing to talk to people and then all of a sudden, you know, you find out it's not anything you thought it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like the guy came in, I'm like, oh, he's probably like an airline pilot or something. Nope, yeah. good year blimp. Never Weird. Know. Like who would who would have ever thought in our little town? I'm happy to see that you've finally gotten some acting jobs. Because I remember a couple of years back, you were saying that uh, still struggling to find some acting. Yeah, actually, I did uh, two plays. I did one in uh, Dufferin and one in uh, Museum Village. One, I was a, uh, it was a weird play. It was a Christmas play, like it poked fun at Christmas, Hanukkah, <clears throat> Kwanzaa, everything. And I had to play 16 characters in one play, which was wow. Great. Yeah. You know, some of them were only, you know, put on a hat and say three or four lines, but it was, it was weird. You had to, you know, I had to use all these accents and then, um, sounds like an Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Even Robin Williams, like being all crazy on his like voiceovers thing. Yeah. Um, and the sets were kind of fun. That was pretty cool. And then, um, the next thing I did was a murder thing where I played this landlord in New York city who's kills a cop and blows up the building or gets blown up in the building called mm. uh, getting away with murder now when you're on these when you're like 
offered these jobs, you're only like there for like what a couple of days when you're just a background person, or are you yeah, actually the, main people? Yeah, usually one day. Sometimes it's a two day shoot, or they say at the shoot, "Are you available for such and such? We want to use you in this shot. We're going to do this. We're going to you know do the other." Is there a frog? I hear a frog. Oh, that's my uh, that's my roommate's dog. I was about to say, I keep she, hearing this like, she just she just be making noises. I was like, is that the audience participation? Yes, yeah, this is the uh, audience participation. Don't worry, Zoe. I'll take you outside after the show is done. <laughs> yeah, she's no. um, she you know like sleep apnea. Yeah, she's just she has apnea. Oh, it's it's there like the whole time. Just that's regular what we apnea. like to say. Well, you know, doing the shoots in the city, um, usually it's a one day shoot, but sometimes they'll say, are you available when they offer you the gig? Are you available on, you know, the 18th and the 19th? And sometimes when you show up at the gig, they say, we want to do a shoot, da, da, da. we need, you know, two cops to be in it, but you're going to have to come back next Thursday. So you have to agree to come back. So it's, it's cool though. It's, it's. One one scene on Law and Order, I got to be right next to Peter Gallagher and Mariska Hardigay. Uh, mm. It was cool as shit. I was like right up by the. I was the lieutenant, or um, I think I was a major actually that day. So I had to be right next to the camera with the guys and like run this scene like eight times with the you know cut. Okay, let's do it again. Cut. Okay, do it again. It was pretty fun. <clears throat> a lot of times you're just sitting at a table, you know, in the background. I, I saw Gwyneth Paltrow and all these stars from you know across the room but you know it's it's fun it's fun doing the whole thing it definitely shows like that that like acting life because you can't it's hard to sustain it like when that's your only job and you're starting out because if you're getting small gigs like that and you only get like one or two days a week it's not really something you can do all the time but it's nice that you're able to like fit that into your life that you could do acting and then do your regular teaching job at home yeah yeah only on days when i can get a free you know three day for school and in the summer yeah. yeah that must be the best part of being a teacher is you get the summers off yeah my wife's a teacher too so we get to we've been out west a couple times it's awesome mm. yeah tremendous i was laughing when you mentioned uh, us mostly sitting at a table because that was exactly what my one experience <laughs> on a movie set was like <clears throat> they, i was i was just, shot um I was, i'm sorry no, go ahead. They shot because um, they shot a Lifetime movie a few years back in Middletown, and I was I played one of the customers at the restaurant, just oh, that, sitting there. That's cool. Yeah, but kind of boring, right? It's like it was, hurry up and wait. Yeah, it was literally. It I've was heard like, that one before. It was yeah. like six, seven hours of just sitting there pretending to eat food. Yeah. So I remember yeah. I was on a set um in Bosey's actually that we got we were able to get on a set for some TV show they were filming with Kevin Bacon. And we were, you know, touring the set or whatever, and we actually met him towards the end. He came in briefly right before we were about to leave. But we were just like, you know, we're there on the set just looking at all everything going on, and then there's this like the guy doing the sound and he's just like talking to us. And we look him up later, he's got like four Emmys for the Sopranos, just like this random <laughs> sound guy. That's cool. It was like yeah. just just really interesting the kind of people you could just come across randomly, mm-hmm. and like the yeah. people on the set, you can tell they take their job very seriously. Oh yeah, the people in their own units. Yeah, Law and Order is funny because they know each other so long, and and like the stars, they're totally relaxed. They've got their cell phones out, they're yeah. joking, and it's like 
it's really crazy because you don't see that everywhere. Like New Amsterdam, when I shoot on that, everybody's like on point, on point, on point. But Law and Order is just like chill, man. Okay, cool. All right, let's shoot, and they and they get the shot done, you know. Because it's just like another part of their day. It's just like it's probably yeah. rinse and repeat most of those episodes because they're pretty much you know generally structurally they run the same same concept. Mm-hmm. First day I was the first time I ever went on the show. I I took my papoose with me, my little guitar. And uh, I was because I knew waiting might be all day and you just sit nude on your guitar. Right. So I'm standing in the hall and Ice-T turns the corner. He goes, hey, dude, what's up? Like, he's, <laughs> cool with me. he's like, give me thumbs up. And we're not supposed to talk to the stars. You get like a thing you have to agree not to talk to the stars unless they talk to you. But he had talked to me. So I was like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> but it's funny. You're, some people think that's really stupid that the stars have this clause where you can't talk to them. But. It would probably be annoying if you got 40 extras always, you know, one every five minutes, one of them wants to say hi to you. Oh, yeah. You want to be productive the whole day. You want to make sure that you're not interrupting that, you know, strict schedule. Because yeah. I'm sure even if people are waiting around a lot, every every minute they're they're using is probably scheduled out. That's right. And it's probably just a lot cooler for, like, the celebrities in question to just have people like you who are just treating them like normal people. Yeah. You know, like... Even if even if there wasn't a clause, like I'm sure people would not want you to run up to them and be like, you know, let, oh my god, you know, like fawning over. <laughs> it's them, also like know? the one time in their life that they don't get have to get harassed by people because I'm sure when they're in their their you know street life that they have to you know deal with that all the time and they really have no control over that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I I I can't remember if I've told this story on the the show before, but. You know, I like when I went to see American Idiot on Broadway the years back, you know, at way after I was walking into one of the restaurants nearby and who should come out but Billy Joe Armstrong. And I was like, oh, hey, Billy Joe, nice show. And he was like, hey, thanks, man. And like, that was it. You have Shoot. told the story, but it's a great story. And like, I, I, I. Like, I, it, it was kind of, I was just so, like, surprised that this was happening that, like, I didn't really know what else to say. But in hindsight, like, that was probably so much cooler for him than if I had just come up and been like, dude, dude, I need to talk to you. I need to, you know. Yeah. Well, funny story. My family and I, we, we used to, my wife and I, when we first met, we would just, we'd be in New York City and, and every now and then we'd see somebody, like, we'd see Woody Allen walk across the street and, you know, go, oh my gosh, there's someone. So we turned the whole thing into Danny DeVito. Every time we wanted to just like break the conversation, we'd go, oh my God, there's Danny DeVito. So it was our little thing that we'd <laughs> bought Danny DeVito around. Nice. Kind of like Waldo. And then it became the, with the kids, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I just saw Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> and like the city is perfect for that because you can see so many, especially on like the subway. Yeah. You see random people, you know. Well, the weirdest because they're just going about their lives. The weirdest part of this whole pandemic thing is the day before the movie industry shut down to like you couldn't have 200 people in one spot. Mm-hmm. I was on a shoot in Pomona for, and I was wearing a hazmat suit carrying dead bodies at it, into a truck. And <laughs> Fitting. I could send you a, I could send you a picture all Please. day. I was wearing this thing and we were warned. Don't um don't let the cars on the street see you because New Rochelle had just had like all sorts of like uh, National Guard or whatever coming in and and shutting down the city of New Rochelle the day mm-hmm. before. 
So it was the day after that, and, and there we were, 200 people shooting this thing for Apple TV. They didn't have a name for it. I forget what they call it, the Ray, the Ray Lewis show or something, but they told us that's the writer. I forget the guy's name, actually. Um, I think it was Ray Lewis. Anyway, they're going to call it uh, it's some sort of sci-fi thing, but they probably can, couldn't even finish it because this is a big budget thing. It had just started. I was going to make a joke about the Ray Lewis show having dead bodies on it, but I think I'll I think I'll pass on that one. I think you might want to save that one for a later date. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, take another sip, move the, on, move on. The Lawrence Taylor hotel room. Yeah. Um. What can we move on to next? The the Aaron Hernandez show. The Aaron Hernandez show. They're making my, a killing um, on that one. My um, <laughs> the fantasy football league I'm in at work. One of the guys that at Dante's team um hanging with Mister Hernandez, <laughs> and but he she my uh, one of my friends was like, "Why did you name your team that?" He's like, "Oh, it's is that Aaron Hernandez?" And he's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Oh yeah, it's Aaron Hernandez." Oh my god! And it was just so funny to watch her figure out the joke in real time. Cool. Great moment. Calling our fantasy league the Bruce Jenner Memorial League is uh, my, one of my personal favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I forget where that came from. Why he why he went with that? I have no what idea what the original impetus for that joke was. Who knows? Yeah. Well, whatever. He's going to lose for the second year in a row. Hey, the, commi- the commissioner of our league has easily the worst team in it, which I think is very funny. Hey, I meant to ask you, does does Outback have outside seating or you have just spaced out, like missing every other table kind of thing? We do this the spaced out thing and then um we also have a couple of outdoor tables. Okay. Hmm. I have to get me a blooming onion one of these days. Yeah, come on in, man. Sounds like a good time. He wouldn't deliver to Warwick to me that one uh, one day. Well, we stopped delivering that. But it's far. me. The, you the can deliver to shrunk. Warwick for me. I'll, I'll give you a nice tip. Yeah, but it's not about it's 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 a corporation. It's not about what I want. Whatever. What are they going to notice that you're delivering the Warwick? Yes. <laughs> Do they track your car? Hmm? Do they track your car? No, but I in in order for me to do that, I have to get approval from the management. Mm-hmm. And then if I say to them, "Hey, or if I there's two possibilities, right? If I say to them, Hey, I want to go to deliver to my friend in Warwick. Can we do that? They'd be like, "No, that's twenty miles outside of the new radius." And then if I don't say it and just put like a Goshen address and take it to you, they're gonna be like, "The delivery was to Goshen. Why were you gone for an hour?" Well, you know, it's it's fine. You you can you can, you can bend a few things to get me that blooming onion. You could have also came and picked it up. I could have. Is there a way to trick them into thinking you're like delivering it to the the mayor of Warwick and they'll think, wow, this is great PR, you know, <laughs> it would be nice probably. But like the other thing is they don't they don't even like that we go to Chester. It's like, not even that far. Say, you can go to Chester, just, but you can't go to Warwick. It's right next to it. Well, the thing the thing is, is like this is what I, I try to tell people who are like in Port Jervis that we're mad about the, the radius shrinking. I'm like. It was, we changed it for the pandemic so that people could still get food and, and wouldn't have to necessarily mm-hmm. leave their house for it. But 
like it we're not like a pizza place you know like our business model isn't built on delivery our business model is built on dining and seating so and drinking yeah like structurally the way the staff is set up and organized we can't have people just leaving for hours at a time because that that shuts other people's ability to get food out to tables faster it shuts down people's ability to get things moving along inside the restaurant itself so that's why they do it like that gotcha. big brother and it's plus there's brother. like it is big yeah brother. <laughs> and there's also like so much third-party shit now like i don't know where how far doordash or them deliver but i know it's farther than we do i've yet to have food delivered i i like to make it or go out yeah the best, the best burrito, the best burrito, by the way, is in Goshen. It used to be mm. called Jimmy Changa's, but I forget what it's called now. That's the best burrito in in Orange County I found. Mm-hmm. If you ever it's want really that. good Mexican, go to a Cafe Fiesta in Highland Mills. Highland Mills, good stuff. It's right next to Cornwall. Oh yeah, it's that really small little hamlet there. My uh, my parents yeah. used to live there years ago, but they have really good tacos at uh, it's Dollar Taco Monday at Cafe Fiesta. Oh, I also really like. I recommend. Um, I, I give a big recommendation also to San Cristobal in Middletown. Taco Factory too. It's good in Middletown. Yeah. Huh. If you want like good uh, tortas, you got to go to San Cristobal. If you want like good tacos, you got to go to Taco Factory. Yeah, the, the only problem with Taco Factory is it takes like an hour to get your food. They're yeah. really slow, even when there's nobody there. I'm getting hungry. What about you guys? <laughs> Me maybe, too. maybe. So, um, let's see, we're about an hour now. Nick, did you have any advice questions set up? Um, I don't have any set up ready to go, but I can pull some up real fast. That's no problem. Okay, hang on a second. Tom, you're like a renaissance man. I just, I love your posts and you're an interesting human being. Oh, I appreciate that. I just hit my phone and did something and, oh, here, there, I got you full screen. Yeah. But he's not full screen. Oh, there we go. I got it. Yeah, well, thank right you, there. Matt. That's nice to hear. Yes. I quite enjoyed the time we spent when we were doing the uh, little interview there. So, Yeah, you, you, uh, I was glad you were doing that. I mean, it's, it's such an important topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard because, like, even with the, the Gasland documentary, it just seems like there's still so much resistance for the, for the subject at hand. So much money. But it's kind of sad. And it's like, it's like all these companies have so much influence onto something like this and the government and the government only sees it as a financial thing. They don't see it as a, a long-term, like <laughs> you could kill your kids sort of a thing. So I think everyone's trying to make as much money as they can real quick before we figure out what's going on. It's like yeah. the cigarette industry when they did the whole, you know, suing Philip Morris and they found out they had been hiding that they knew it was causing cancer. Yeah. There's a great movie about that. Is it the one it's you called, told me about that one time? Yeah, The Insider. Yeah. With, oh, uh, yeah. Rus- yeah. Russell Crowe and Al Pacino. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. I mean, the, All right. the tobacco industry is one thing, but when you're you know, going after these large like energy companies, that's when it's, you know, you're reaching a different level. Yeah. You're getting to real Big Brother territory there. All right. So uh, today's question, I found uh, found one for us. It's, um, am I in the friend zone, question mark. So, um, dear Dixon and Parodies and Tom, uh, 
my crush just told me that someone likes her and asked me for advice because she doesn't like him back. Am I in the friend zone? Question mark. So my crush and I have been talking very regularly for a little over a month now and met a couple times at group events. We called each other cute over text and brought up the idea of dating jokingly. This sounds like your first mistake. Uh-huh. But she just randomly told me today that somebody said they liked her, but she doesn't have the f- same feelings toward them and asked me for advice on how to curb him. She said she told him that she's not interested in him and she's not looking for anything currently, but he's still pursuing her, so she asked me for help. I can't tell if I'm the go-to guy for relationship advice now or if it's some Morse code way of telling me she's interested in me. Also, a few weeks back when she was at a group event with my friends, she said I was cute when I wasn't there, and my friend asked her how she feels, and she said something along the lines of, he knows we're only friends. Can't tell if she's scared, she thinks she's in the friend zone, or what? What does this all mean? I'm glad you picked a relatively normal question compared to what you normally pick. <laughs> I mean, we get we get some crazy ones on this show. Yeah. But no, this is, a, this is an interesting one. So, is he in the friend zone? I mean... Yeah, until, until someone says, get the fuck out of my face, you're in the friend zone. Yeah. That's really all you can do. I mean, it just seems like if, if the girl is telling people in confidence that she's not interested, then I, I don't feel like she would tell you. Yeah, well, the the thing that I think the first mistake was joking about being in a relationship. You you right. never you you never make a joke out of someone you're actually interested in. That's just a bad way to start things off. But so in, in that sense, it's like, buddy, you kind of blew it. I think I I think that I think this girl does genuinely think the guy is like is I think she is genuinely attracted to this dude, but I think it's like what she said. She's like, I'm not looking for that right now. It's more of a convenience just, thing, it seems like. Yeah, I think uh, I I think she's probably got maybe something else going on. Maybe she's just not uh, ready for that step right now, and she's this kind of like a, a right person, wrong time situation for mm-hmm. her. So I think, yeah, he is in the friend zone, especially if she's going to you for relationship advice. That's uh, that's that's not something you want to see from the girl that you're interested in. You look very perplexed. Yeah, I did. I didn't know. I didn't know there was an advice question coming. I'm not, and I'm not going to give you advice. <laughs> that's okay. It's all good. Neither are we. Clearly, we're not good because nobody ever sends us any questions. So. We have a voicemail that nobody ever sends advice to. What's that? I want to hear the weird questions. I want to hear the weird questions. All right, I'll I'll try to find a a ridiculous one. There's been some doozies a couple weeks. Especially with people we don't know that well. It's a little concerning. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think Mm. we can, uh, after that, we can probably finish off for the night because I don't want to keep you too much longer. Okay. It's good hanging with you guys. Of course. We should do it again I sometime. Th- we sh- I wish we uh, could do it in person because I, like, uh, I like your little house over there. So maybe we can come uh, take a trip one day. Yeah, come have a campfire in the back. We'd love it to. It looks like a beautiful area. Thank you. All right. So we got, um, I think my mom might be sleeping with my stepmom. Oh. What? Oh. 
Okay. okay, so you went you went 1080. Okay. What are you said advice? you wanted a weird one. What, <laughs> okay. what advice do you give? I mean, yeah. I, so let's let's see what this says. So, hi Dixon and Parodies and Tom. Um, I am home from college at my mom's house for COVID. It's been a little weird, but overall, my mom and I get along well. My mom and dad got divorced when I was 11, and my dad is now married to my stepmom. Gee, I, I couldn't have worked that out for myself. Um, my dad is kind of a jerk. Don't need to go into my deta any details, but my stepmom is pretty cool. Anyway, my mom is really careful about COVID, so I can't see that many people right now. No hookups, no friends, whatever. It's fine. So basically, here's what's happening. I started thinking my mom is seeing someone, which is crazy since she hasn't dated anyone since her divorce, as far as I know. Plus, like I said, she's being, being really careful about COVID. My mom's scared to go out, so I've been doing the bulk of the errands. Recently, it's been a lot of errands. This detail is important. You'll find out why. A couple of times when I've come back from the store, she's been gone for a while, and I don't know where she went. So the other day, I was at a grocery store, and I forgot the list. So I called my mom to see what I should get, but my stepmom answered the phone. She seemed confused when I was like, why are you answering my mom's phone? My mom and my stepmom don't really know each other and don't hang out. And also my stepmom and dad live 45 minutes away. So I didn't know what was going on, but my stepmom handed me the phone to my mom really fast. I tried to ask my mom what was happening, but she wouldn't answer and just told me what to get. I asked her about it again when I got home, but she said that the stepmom had stopped by to say hi to us. This was three weeks ago, and since then, I've seen my stepmom's car and my block three times. I asked my mom about it, and she said she didn't know anything about it, and that probably wasn't her car, just one that looks like hers. Weird, right? Then earlier today, I got all the way to the store and realized I didn't have my wallet, so I went back home to get it. My stepmom's car was in the front of the house again, and when I went past the bathroom, the shower was on, and I heard voices... <laughs> I grabbed my wallet and left. I'm back home now, but I'm still freaking out. I don't know what to do. My mom doesn't know that I heard anything, and I haven't said anything to her yet. Am I crazy? What should I do? How do I talk to my mom about this? Should I say anything to my dad? Leave oh, well boy. enough alone. Leave well enough alone. Oh, yeah, just it's not your business. Just leave it be. That, that is Let hard. the dead lie. <laughs> No, it's feel, definitely, this is definitely a thing that is happening. And, I feel um, awful. That's, I, that's horrible. The, the, you're, imagine the dad in this situation. Your new wife is cheating on you with your ex-wife. How does that even happen? Like, <laughs> yeah, I need, I'm going to need I have so some, many questions. Some, some further background on this. I, just don't say anything. Just pretend that see no evil hear no evil pretend that you never saw it and just well and or you know leave the channels open for i'm guessing her her mom is it a he or she do we know or are they I'm no guessing... we don't i don't think it matters but it doesn't matter they yeah. they they probably are gonna eventually hear it if it's if it's a real thing they're gonna hear it from the mom yeah the mom your mom will She'll have to eventually because you're living with her for and, and the foreseeable so, future. 
So her best bet is to kind of act as if it would be fine if that's going to happen, if it's okay with the person. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have to, I guess they have to search their uh, conscience whether that's okay. But The uh, big thing here is um, the, the last question, should I say anything to my dad? I wouldn't just because from yeah, the little no. you said about him earlier, you were like, oh, he's a jerk. And you said yeah. that you don't really have a relationship with him. I wouldn't even bother it's not worth talking your time. to him. He's been basically out of... She said that they got divorced when... I'm assuming it's a she. I don't, I'm just going to... She said that they, the parents got divorced when she was 11. And um, that she's... I think she said she was like 22 now. So he's been out of your life for 11 years. I wouldn't even bother what he thinks about it. Yeah, it's not even it. worth your time. Just let, let it be. Yeah, wow. that's what I would say. But that's a that's a wild situation. That's a doozy. That's, that's a, a downer. Good one. <laughs> that's a downer. That's what can yeah. you do? What can you do? It sounds like a plot. So you could write a you could write. They could write a movie. I think this is ready to go. Yeah, Dixon, we got to get on this. I have an acquaintance who they're uh, they're the ex-wife who's living with the other person's ex-wife. Huh. So there, so he has a third wife, but the two ex-wives live together. What? That's a that's what a was um interesting wasn't scenario. Ronnie Wood, who um, Ronnie Wood like married his son's girlfriend, and then his son married the girlfriend's mom, or something like that. I think um, huh. Elon Musk's dad married his his someone, his ex-wife, maybe or something. I don't know. I remember hearing something like that, like Elon Musk's dad married someone close to him or whatever, but that's a little weird one. Yeah, it's... uh, To each his own. This letter letter definitely came from, like, Mississippi or something like that. Woody Allen uh, married his adopted daughter, so anything's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Some weird... Some strange characters out there. Yeah. No I, think that's a, I think that's an interesting note to end on. Don't you, Dixon? Yes. Yep. There's some strange characters out there. There yeah. really is. Tom, do you have like any the, public like social music media? director who doesn't think guitar is a real instrument. Yes, that for guy. <laughs> the state director, yeah. Tom, do you, have any, question, uh, do you have any public social media that people can uh, follow you on, or is it more of a private thing for you? Yeah, no, I, I'm just, I have a little Instagram, but it's just for fun and stuff. It's not really anything anybody wants to follow. Gotcha. No problem. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. you and I follow each other. You and I follow each other, but if somebody else wants to follow me, they can find me through you, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you've got, a, you got an interesting that. life there. You get your, your character. I, I enjoy your, uh, your posts, and uh, I enjoy the little life you have there. <laughs> hey, thank you. You have a very thank interesting you, smile when you take your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Tom. It was a, a pleasure speaking with you as always. Hey, great meeting you too, Nick. Pleasure's all mine, sir. We'd love to speak with you again sometime. Have you on? Talk about some more stuff. Yep, you're always welcome to come out. Whatever. Yeah, of course. When everything goes back to normal, we will we will definitely uh, take you up on that. All right. We cool. can bring a mobile setup. So. Cheers, night, everybody. Cheers. You as well.